Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 86. Today in our stories that we'll be looking at, we'll notice a theme of jealousy. Jealousy in the story of David and also in Paul and Barnabas' journeys and sharing the gospel. And it's a reminder of the danger of jealousy in our own lives, how it can lead to bitterness and anger in our lives, and really to the breakdown of relationship all around us. And so let's have a look beginning at 1 Samuel 18. When David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan and David became bound together in close friendship. Jonathan loved David as much as he did his own life. Saul retained David on that day, and he did not allow him to return to his father's house. Jonathan made a covenant with David, for he loved him as much as he did his own life. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with the rest of his gear, including his sword, his bow, and even his belt. On every mission on which Saul sent him, David achieved success. So Saul appointed him over men of war. This pleased not only the army, but also Saul's servants. When the men arrived after David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women from all the cities of Israel came out singing and dancing to meet King Saul. They were happy as they played their tambourines and three-stringed instruments. The women who were playing the music sang, Saul has struck down his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. This made Saul very angry. The statement displeased him, and he thought, They have attributed to David tens of thousands, but to me they have attributed only thousands. What does he lack except the kingdom? So Saul was keeping an eye on David from that day onward. The next day an evil spirit from God rushed upon Saul and he prophesied within his house. Now David was playing the lyre as usual. There was a spear in Saul's hand and Saul threw the spear thinking, I'll nail David to the wall. But David escaped from him on two different occasions. So Saul feared David because the Lord was with David but had departed from Saul. Saul removed David from his presence and made him a commanding officer. David led the army out to battle and back. Now David achieved success in all he did. For the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how very successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, for he was the one leading them out to battle and back. Then Saul said to David, Here's my oldest daughter, Merib. I want to give you to her give her to you in marriage. Only be a brave warrior for me and fight the battles of the Lord. For Saul thought, There's no need for me to raise my hand against him, let it be the hand of the Philistines. David said to Saul, Who am I? Who are my relatives or the clan of my father in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? When the time came for Merib, Saul's daughter, to be given to David, she instead was given in marriage to Adriel, who was from Maholah. Now Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. When they told Saul about this, it pleased him. Saul said, I will give her to him as she may become a snare to him so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, Today is the second time for you to become my son-in-law. Then Saul instructed his servants, Tell David secretly, The king is pleased with you, and all his servants like you. So now become the king's son-in-law. So Saul's servants spoke these words privately to David. David replied, 
Is becoming the king's son-in-law something insignificant to you? I'm just a poor and lightly esteemed man. Then Saul's servants reported what David had said. Saul replied, Here's what you should say to David. There's nothing that the king wants as a price for the bride except 100 Philistine foreskins so that he can be avenged of his enemies. Now Saul was thinking that he could kill David by the hand of the Philistines. So his servants told David these things and David agreed to become the king's son-in-law. Now the specified time had not yet expired when David along with his men went out and struck down 200 Philistine men. David brought their foreskins and presented all of them to the king so that he could become the king's son-in-law. Saul then gave his daughter Michael in marriage. Saul, When Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michael loved David, Saul became even more afraid of him. Saul continued to be at odds with David from then on. The leaders of the Philistines would march out, and as often as they did so, David achieved more success than all of Saul's servants. His name was held in high esteem. Then Saul told his son Jonathan and all his servants to kill David. But Saul's son Jonathan liked David very much. So Jonathan told David, My father Saul is trying to kill you, so be careful tomorrow morning. Find a hiding place and stay in seclusion. I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are. I will speak to my father about you. When I find out what the problem is, I will let you know. So Jonathan spoke on David's behalf to his father Saul. He said to him, The king should not sin against his servant David, for he has not sinned against you. On the contrary, his actions have been very beneficial to you. He risked his life when he struck down the Philistine, and the Lord gave all Israel a great victory. When you saw it, you were happy. So why would you sin against innocent blood by putting David to death for no reason? Saul accepted Jonathan's advice and took an oath. As surely as the Lord lives, he will not be put to death. Then Jonathan called David and told him all these things. Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he served him as he had done formerly. Now once again there was war, so David went out to fight the Philistines. He defeated them thoroughly, and they ran away from him. Then an evil spirit from the Lord came upon Saul. He was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand while David was playing the lyre. Saul tried to nail David to the wall with the spear, but he escaped from Saul's presence, and the spear drove into the wall. David escaped quickly that night. Saul sent messengers to David's house to guard it and to kill him in the morning. Then David's wife, Michael, told him, If you do not save yourself tonight, tomorrow you will be dead. So Michael lowered David through the window, and he ran away and escaped. Then Michael took a household idol and put it in the bed. She put a quilt made of goat's hair over its head and then covered the idol with a garment. When Saul sent messengers to arrest David, she said, He's sick. Then Saul sent the messengers back to see David, saying, Bring him up to me on his bed so I can kill him. When the messengers came, they found only the idol on the bed and the quilt made of goat's hair as at its head. Saul said to Michael, Why have you deceived me this way by sending my enemy away? Now he has escaped. Michael replied to Saul, He said to me, Help me get away or else I will kill you. Now David had run away and escaped. He went to Samuel in Ramah and told him everything that Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel went and stayed at Naioth. It was reported to Saul, saying, David is at Naioth in Ramah. So Saul sent messengers to capture David. When they saw a company of prophets prophesying with Samuel standing there as their leader, the Spirit of God came upon Saul's messengers, and they also prophesied. When it was reported to Saul, he sent more messengers, but they prophesied too. So Saul sent messengers a third time, but they also prophesied. Finally, Saul himself went to Ramah. When he arrived at the large cistern that is in Siku, he asked, Where are Samuel and David? They said, At Naioth and Ramah. So Saul went to Naioth and Ramah. 
And the Spirit of God came upon him as well, and he walked along prophesying until he came to Naoth and Ramah. He even stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel. He lay there naked all that day and night. For that reason, it is asked, is Saul also among the prophets? And so here we have this story of jealousy between Saul and David, uh, driving Saul really to madness, it seems, and doing all kinds of crazy things to a man who was really just his ally and trying to help him. But we see the devastating effect of that jealousy in his life. And now we continue on with uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 3, the story and really of David's descendants. These were the sons of David who were born to him in Hebron. The firstborn was Amnon, whose mother was Ahinoam from Jezreel. The second was Daniel, whose mother was Abigail from Carmel. The third was Absalom, whose mother was Makah, daughter of King Tamai of Gushur. The fourth was Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith. The fifth was Sheftatiah, whose mother was Abitel. The sixth was Ethriam, whose mother was Eglag, David's wife. These six were born to David in Hebron, where he ruled for seven years and six months. He ruled 33 years in Jerusalem. These were the sons born to him in Jerusalem. Shimei, Shobat, Nathan, and Solomon. The mother of these four was Bathsheba, the daughter of Amiel. The other nine were Ibhar, Elishu, Alphalet, Noga, Nepheg, Japhia, Alshama, Eliada, and Eliphedet. These were all the sons of David, not counting the sons of his concubines. Tamar was their sister. Solomon's son was Rehoboam, followed by Abijah his son, Asa his son, Jehoshaphat his son, Joram his son, Ahaziah his son, Joash his son, Amaziah his son, Azariah his son, Jotham his son, Ahaz his son, Hezekiah his son, Manasseh his son, Amnon his son, Josiah his son. The sons of Josiah, Johanan was the firstborn, Jehoiakim was the second, Zedekiah third, and Shalom fourth. The sons of Jehoiakim, his son Jehoiachin, and his son Zedekiah. The sons of Jehoiakim, the exile, Shealtiel, his son, Malkariam, Padai, Shanasser, Jechemiah, Hoshema, and Nabidai. These are the sons of Padai, Zerubbabel, and Shimei. His sons of Zerubbabel, Moshulam, and Hananiah. Shelameth was their sister. The five others were Hashubah, Orha, Bakariah, Hasadad, and Shubab Hesed. The descendants of Hananiah, Palatiai, Jeshai, the sons of Raphai, of Arnon, and of Obadiah, and of Shechaniah. The descendants of Shechaniah, Shechaniah and his sons, Hatush, Egal, Bariah, Neriah, and Shaphat, six in all. The sons of Neriah, Elonai, Hishkai, and Hazgarai, three in all. The sons of Elonai, Hadonvai, Eliashib, Peliah, Akub, Johanan, Delai, and Adonai, seven in all. And now we move to Psalm 59, which as you'll hear in the inscription is a psalm of David responding to the time when Saul came to his house to arrest him and to murder him. The very story that we just read. So Psalm 59. For the music director, according to the Al-Satak style, a prayer of David, written when Saul sent men to surround his house and murder him. Deliver me from my enemies, my God. Protect me from those who attack me. Deliver me from evildoers. Rescue me from violent men. For look, they wait to ambush me. Powerful men stalk me, but not because I have rebelled or sinned, O Lord. 
Though I have done nothing wrong, they are anxious to attack. Spring into action and help me. Take notice of me. You, O Lord God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, rouse yourself and punish all the nations. Have no mercy on any treacherous evildoers. They return in the evening. They growl like dogs and prowl around outside the city. Look, they hurl insults at me and openly threaten to kill me, for they say, Who hears? But you, O Lord, laugh in disgust at them. You taunt all the nations. You are my source of strength. I will wait for you, for God is my refuge. The God who loves me will help me. God will enable me to triumph over my enemies. Do not strike them dead suddenly, because then my people might forget the lesson. Use your power to make them homeless vagabonds and bring them down, O Lord, who shields us. They speak sinful words, so let them be trapped by their own pride, and by the curses and lies they speak. Angrily wipe them out, wipe them out so they vanish. Let them know that God rules over Jacob and to the ends of the earth. They return in the evening, they growl like dogs and prowl around outside the city. They wander around looking for something to eat. They refuse to sleep until they are full. As for me, I will sing about your strength. I will praise your loyal love in the morning. For you are my refuge and my place of shelter when I face trouble. You are my source of strength. I will sing praises to you. For God is my refuge, the God who loves me. What a wonderful response of David. In the face of all the painful things he was going through and the jealousy of Saul, he knows the only source of true strength that will bring him through it is God alone. And we conclude today with Acts chapter 13. Now there were these prophets and teachers in the church at Antioch, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius the Cyrenian, Manian, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch from childhood, and Saul. While they were serving the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after they had fasted and prayed and placed their hands on them, they sent them off. So Barnabas and Saul, sent out by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. Now they had also had John as their assistant. When they had crossed over the whole island as far as Paphos, they found a magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. The proconsul summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. But the magician Eliamus, for that is the way his name is translated, opposed them, trying to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at him and said, You are full of all deceit and all wrongdoing, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. Will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? Now look, the hand of the Lord is against you, and you will be blind, unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately, mistiness and darkness came over him, and he went around seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then when the proconsul saw all that happened, He believed because he was greatly astounded at the teaching about the Lord. Then Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. But John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Moving on from Perga, they arrived in Poseidon Antioch, and on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the Law and the Prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent them a message, saying, Brothers, if you have any message of exhortation for the people, speak it. So Paul stood up, gestured with his hand, and said, Men of Israel, and you Gentiles who fear God, listen. 
The God of this people, Israel, chose our ancestors and made the people great during their stay as foreigners in the country of Egypt, and with uplifted arm he led them out of it. For a period of about forty years he put up with them in the wilderness. After he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave his people their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, he gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man from the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. After removing him, God raised up David their king. He testified about him, saying, I have found David the son of Jesse to be a man after my heart, who will accomplish everything I want him to do. From the descendants of this man, God brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, just as he promised. Before Jesus arrived, John had proclaimed a baptism for repentance to all the people of Israel. But while John was completing his mission, he said repeatedly, What do you think I am? I am not he. But look, one is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the sandals of his feet. Brothers, descendants of Abraham's family, and those Gentiles among you who fear God, The message of this salvation has been sent to us. For the people who live in Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize him, and they fulfilled the sayings of the prophets that are read every Sabbath by condemning him. Though they found no basis for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had accomplished everything that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who had accompanied him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to the people. And we proclaim to you the good news about the promise to our ancestors, that this promise God has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have fathered you. But regarding the fact that he was raised, that he has raised Jesus from the dead, never again to be in the state of decay, God has spoken in this way, saying, I will give you the holy and trustworthy promises made to David. Therefore, He also says in another psalm, You will not permit your Holy One to experience decay. For David, after he had served God's purpose in his own generation, died, was buried with his ancestors, and experienced decay. But the one whom God raised up did not experience decay. Therefore, let it be known to you, brothers, that through this one, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by this one, everyone who believes is justified from everything from which the law of Moses could ju- could not justify you. Watch out then. What is spoken about you by the prophets does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, be amazed and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work you would never believe, even if someone tells you. As Paul and Barnabas were going out, the people were urging them to speak about these things on the next Sabbath. When the meeting in the synagogue had broken up, many of the Jews and God-fearing proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who were speaking with them and were persuading them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city assembled together to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy, and they began to contradict what Paul was saying by reviling him. Both Paul and Barnabas replied courageously, saying, It was necessary to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we are turning to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have appointed you to be a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they began to rejoice and praise the word of the Lord, and all who had been appointed for eternal life believed. So the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the entire region. But the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high social standing and the prominent men of the city, 
stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and threw them out of their region. So after they shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them, they went to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful, amazing story that even through the suffering and the pain of the jealousy of the Jews turning against them, Paul and Barnabas remained faithful, sharing the good news of Jesus with all who would listen. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there. You were always there. Whispering the truth.